Attain Podcast. Hey, Gengar Attain. Let me tell you about the MarTech Podcast hosted by Benjamin Shapiro, brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network. Episodes are 30 minutes, and he talks all about strategies and stories from world-class marketers on how they're using technology to generate growth and achieve business outcomes. One in particular of late is unifying and activating your customer data, something that we talk about all the time in customer success. So go listen to the MarTech podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Welcome back to another episode of Gain, Grow, Attain. Today, uh, I've got Jeff Heckler, another Jeff on the podcast. Uh, I've got Jeff Heckler, who is um, currently the Director of Customer Success Solutions at MarketSource, um, someone that we've gotten the chance to meet in the, the community and the uh, broader community at large of customer success here uh, over the last year or so. Uh, somebody, I think, uh, Jeff, you can correct me, but I believe uh, you were involved in the, you know, the top 25 customer success influencer by um, success coaching. Um, you've definitely been active on LinkedIn and Gengar Artain. And so I know you're, you've been out there, but uh, really excited for you to, to come on and, and talk through a few things today. Yeah, I am as well. I appreciate the opportunity. Um, you know, do about one of these a week for some sort of organization, try to give back to the community. And, um, you know, two, two guys that uh, probably contribute as much as anybody on the planet, you and Jay, and everything that you've done in the community. So, uh, you know, my, my thanks to you and, and everyone else who contributes. Awesome. Well, I always like to start these off with some icebreakers if we can. So, um, you know, I didn't prepare you for these. So they, you know, off the cuff, hopefully uh, we'll get some, we'll get some good, good responses from you. Um, but holiday season is, uh, is coming up. And so, you know, um, I imagine, you know, that you, uh, like to celebrate Thanksgiving. So what is your, like, what's your go-to dish for Thanksgiving? You know, like what's your, what's like the thing that you can't pass up if you're, if you're staring at a table of, uh, Thanksgiving food. Oh gosh. Um, well, you got to try anybody's stuffing or anything that they're making. That's, uh, you know, quintessential Thanksgiving and anything off off the, the beaten path. So if there's uh, something out there that I haven't seen or tried before, I'll do that. If I'm coming to your house for um, Thanksgiving and I'm, I'm I'd be delighted guest, um, I will create this thing called a chocolate tofu pie, which sounds a lot more difficult than it is. It's equal parts tofu, chocolate chips, and then you just throw in stuff like honey, cinnamon, vanilla. Uh, you blend it and then you throw it in a pie shell and you chill it. You don't have to bake anything. You get to microwave the chocolate chips. So it's it seems very fancy. Um, and then, uh, you just had to make sure you tell everybody it's dairy and soy and stuff like that. So nobody, uh, gets allergic. Um, but it's, it's, it's weird. So it becomes a, you know, something to have a conversation piece about. So that's good. Yeah. Uh, well I've got, you know, I've got some family members that are vegan, so, um, I've become, uh, used to, you know, different, different types of dishes around Thanksgiving in terms of, uh, you know, throwing some tofu in there, maybe stuffing that you, uh, you know, that you, you try and make in uh, vegan and healthy ways. So, um, that one, and like you said, it, it sounds intricate a little bit. It sounds a little intricate, but, um, that actually sounds like something I'm probably gonna have to tell my family about to try. So someone in your family, bring a tofurkey. Is that something that's <laughs> yeah, out there? We, we, we have, <laughs> uh, I, I, I required kind of both, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm happy we can accommodate, but at the same time, like I'm a big Turkey guy. <laughs> I love a fried Turkey. So like, um, so just wanted to, you know, I, I need to make sure and, and get that in for sure. But I'm a big stuffing, you know, like you. Never been a big cranberry person, but stuffing, uh, sweet potatoes, you know, any sort of sweet potato pie, casserole, that's always up there for me too. Um, so. Thanksgiving dinner is like pizza. It's the, it's also very good the next day. Like it ages yes. well. A chili yeah. pizza, you know. So. Oh my gosh. Um, all right. Well, second, you know, second go-to question. Um, 
I believe you're down in Florida. Is that right? I am. Yes. All right. So what's your, what's your go-to outdoor activity, right? It's kind of your, it's Saturday morning. It's the weather is looking great. You know, what is, what's Jeff doing? Um, you know, that what's kind of like your outdoor activity of choice, something, something that you hobby your passion and something that you like to do to get outside and get some fresh air away from this, uh, this zoom screen. Uh, six to seven days a week I run. So that's, uh, easy. Um, it requires a pair of sneakers, so it travels well. <laughs> Um, so that's kind of my, that's my meditation. That is my, uh, mental, emotional, psychological deal. Um, other than that, I, I will tell you, um, we're in Champa Bay, right? So we've got the lightning and we've got the bucks and we've nice. got, the, uh, the rays. So they all have done very well in the past couple of years. Um, yeah, I just moved here like three years ago. So that's been fun. Um, <laughs> yeah. and I will, I will tell you a uh, plug for our rowdies. So the Tampa Bay rowdies, which is a United soccer league team. They are the Eastern Conference champions again. And on Saturday night, we uh, beat FC Tulsa, which believe that not Tulsa has a team, um, in the first round of the playoffs, six to two, which was nearly a baseball score uh, or a football score. Um, so that's quite exciting. And then this Saturday, uh, they play again with Birmingham. And then uh, we get that and another match. And then we're in the finals. So, man. Well, I'm, uh, I'm glad that I found another soccer fan um, here, football fan, however, you, you know, uh, whichever word you want to use. But um, I'm a, big English Premier League fan. So I'll watch um, pretty much any of the Premier League, but we've got a, we have a USL team here in Charleston called the Charleston Battery. So um, we've been going to games with a bunch of our friends. Uh, unfortunately this year, I think we, we are just out of it. Uh, we, we didn't quite make it into the, the postseason, but uh, a couple years ago, we had a couple, we had a, we had a good two year, two or three year stretch where we made it uh, to the finals, won the league one year. Uh, this was like back in 2017 or so. So um, I've tried to keep up with that team quite a bit as well, just because they're, uh, They've done a good job here, at least. I don't know if, if you can say the same here at the Tampa Bay Rowdies, but they've done a good job of building um, a good social following. Like they do a lot of good social, like Instagram type stuff. They bring in like local food trucks and um, they've made like a nice, uh, almost like veranda where you can go, like they open it up about an hour before the game. So you can go get uh, beer and you can go get some food. And uh, they've done a nice job with their little team store. So uh, yeah, they've done a nice job just making it like a fun night. And it's typical tickets are usually cheap, you know, like you can get over there uh, for 10, $15 ticket every once in a while and $5 parking. So, you know, what can, what, what better way to go spend 20 bucks and, uh, support a local team and, and get to watch some soccer. Yeah. And it's uh, family friendly and it's, you know, friend friendly and you just make a, make a party out of it. And, uh, I think you're also a, a, a man, you fan, aren't you? So I am. Yeah. Uh, they, they got nipped by city on Saturday. So sorry about that, but they're still good in the table. They're at six, <laughs> I believe. So yep. there's a, and you got Ronaldo. So, yeah. Hey, you know, I'm, uh, I'm, I was in the camp of like, keep Ollie and, uh, OGS and we'll see, we'll see where that goes. You know, I don't, now I'm kind of like, Hey, we've given them a lot of resources and, uh, still not making it happen. So it might have to, you know, uh, I love the the story about how he was a player there, but it might be time to move on and, uh, you know, start competing again with Man City and Liverpool and, and some of the others. Well, it's not like they lack for money. So. <laughs> yeah, that too. That's so true. Uh, awesome. Well, the, one of the main reasons that we wanted to hop on today, I think there's a couple of podcasts we're going to end up recording because there's, there's uh, some juicy topics, but one of the ones that, so this is a, a thread in our gain, grow, attain community. Um, and it was actually started by uh, Jana Peterson. Um, and, you know, she was talking through just customer onboarding for scale. Um, and this is something that I think a lot of businesses are going through, right? You kind of either start at one end of the spectrum, either are, are kind of enterprise and uh, you tend to move down market or you're down market and you kind of move to enterprise. And so at some point, I feel like all customer success leaders kind of have to think about this question of um, how do you improve time to value? How do you start looking at onboarding customers at scale? Um, you know, 
how do you organize teams in the right way? What are the right processes? What are the right things to be thinking about in the product? And so, um, as we were, as, uh, Jonna kind of put this out there, um, I, I was just kind of scrolling through some responses and there was just a, you had a really nice 10 point list that was just kind of short and, uh, to the point. And so I figured we could kind of talk through some of these points. Um, it seems like you've, you've lived this before. It seems like you've gone through these things and so, uh, or researched it. And so it seems like, uh, there's some good ones in here. So, uh, kind of first, first one you threw out there was just PLG principles, you know, given you had have an ironclad, uh, relationship with product and marketing and sales. So maybe talk a little bit about what kind of stuck out to you from the PLG principles and, and why you kind of think that matters. You start onboarding at scale. Yeah. So the, the first thing to, to think, think about when, when I was looking at this question, I was, you know, I, I, I come into the forum every day and just see if there's anything I can add value to, or um, I can, I can lend my experience and, and mistakes to. Um, so I, I've worked for uh, enterprise companies like SAP and I've worked for um, companies that have, you know, we had a hundred thousand uh, customers of my last shop. So regardless of how you come at it, you have to tackle onboarding. We all know that's the premier uh, place for, for either slippage or for wins uh, when, when your customers come in. And then however you go about it, whatever your budget is, whomever you are from the smallest mom and pop to the largest enterprise, you, you're going to do something of one of these items on the list, right? You're going you're gonna to get at it one way or another, either homegrown it, uh, rolling up your sleeves, you're going to buy a platform, or you're going to you're going to co-op with another with another team to get things done. So, um, I, I the PLG thing was the first thing that came to mind um, because that's how everybody comes in, right? So especially in SaaS, um, and so the the way I thought of at, at first was you know you've got to uh, hold your your folks in product and your and your friends in marketing uh, responsible and uh, you know keep them honorable to what your ICP is. And so when I, when I get into pre-sales motions and, and looking at what we're doing as a company, I want to know that we are, you know, everybody says uh, ICP, ICP and a fan until they have to sell something. And then it's, <laughs> yeah. and so you want to make sure that everyone is honoring. And even if you don't have deal desk or, you know, you don't have a, an, an exec that helps you pull that through, you've got to see what's coming down the pike. So from, the, the PLG motion is like, okay, what do we, what do we have coming down the pike? And if we're growing with product, either a feature function or, act, or, or actually additional modules outside of our general ICP, I've got to know what we're going after so that I can build out my team and build out my, my infrastructure to match that. And so that's where um, I was thinking, and, and you probably didn't phrase it well because I was just sitting there pounding on the keyboard. Um, but you know, what am I looking at from, from my folks and my, my cross-functional stakeholders in product and marketing that's going to come to us? And then how am I going to support that? Um, yeah, so I think the product led, you can almost also plant seeds with, with your customer base. You can run webinars on here. This is what we're doing on the roadmap. And you can start to grease the wheels on, hey, this is where we're headed um, to give it, give your customer base a, a vision um, for the end and kind of preparing them for, hey, this is what's new. This is how we're trying to meet your, your upcoming needs. This is how we're advising you on customers like you are, are trending in your market. So getting into that advisory role. Yeah. I think, um, the thing that also stuck out to me is you released what rang true in terms of like PLG principles. When you think about, uh, the product led growth movement, which is what PLG stands for. If people, um, didn't catch on to that as we were talking, but the pieces, right. Is that you're, you're essentially approaching a product that, um, you don't necessarily need to be, um, sold or onboarded to. It's actually like, a, the product is intuitive enough and it's, um, built in a way that actually allows you to be onboarded um, to some degree, just being in the tool itself. Like, I think there's some element of, of, of that, right? It doesn't always come through, but the example I think of is like Calendly, right? Calendly is a PLG type product. It's probably on the extreme end, but it's so intuitive enough once I log in that it's really like, 
I don't need to leave the product once I'm in there, uh, once I get in there. So I think also where I was going or where my mind kind of went as you wrote PLG principles is also trying to challenge your product team to be thinking in that way. I know not all products can be built in that way, right? And it's not going to be um, such an easy or seamless experience, but um, I do think about challenging your product teams to say, okay, um, how do we make this approachable as a customer gets in the door um, and as a user starts to get onboarded, right? How do we make sure that some of these things and tenants um, areas to go, um, the UX and the design of, of where we're sending them, it kind of makes it easy for them to know what they should be doing when and how they should be doing it. Um, like I think a little bit of that coming through, um, but I, I think it makes sense too the ICP element that you're trying to, to, to fold in there, right? Which is we need to be selling it to the right person in the right teams, um, you know, based on the way that we built this. And so thinking about some of those as well, but I went back to, to thinking about, um, how do we, how do we also challenge our product teams to make these things approachable, um, to some degree, again, I know it's extreme example is Calendly. It's like, you know, a very simple tool and use case, but, um, you know, and Salesforce is never going to be like that, but, um, I just think there's probably ways that you can start to move in that direction and challenge your product teams to be thinking about that. Um, and you know, hopefully you've got to, like you said, I think if you've got the right relationship with product, you can be approaching those conversations in a, in a valuable way, bringing data to the table, bringing customer experiences to the table and talking through some of the <laughs> challenging moments early on. So that's, that's another piece that I was taking away from your PLG principles was that relationship with product and how you can have the, some of those conversations. And, and that's dependent upon who you are and what your org is. Um, I'll hold myself accountable and honest. I am by no fan of, of, of real PLG in, in its earnestness. I think that some of this is, you know, we would like for this to be the truth. So we will say this is the truth. Yeah. Um, and I don't see a lot of uh, product and marketing people meeting with customers regularly to understand how this you know, CX, you know, life cycle is going to go. So um, that being said, uh, a, a podcast for another date, but we can talk about <laughs> customer or customer, uh, customer led growth, customer value led growth. We can talk about um, human led growth, uh, something I've written about on, on, on my LinkedIn page. So um, so there's a lot of other ways. PLG just is, is the hottest thing. And it seems yeah, yeah. and it's a very romanticized version of how to get consumption and how to grow to scale. But, you know, um, in, in honesty, I, you know, it's, it's got its faults. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, your next two points that you listed, um, I think kind of somewhat go together, um, some degree it's kind of, it's related to technology, but the things you wrote were just, uh, you wrote adoption platform and then um, you kind of wrote LMS. And so I'm curious, um, you know, as you're kind of answering this question of customer onboarding at scale, like what did those two things mean to you in terms of adoption platform and, and, and LMS? Like what, why were those two things at least important for you to jot down? I've seen some real massive advancements in adoption platform vendors. Um, you look at our friend Wayne, who's recently gone to walk me um, and some of the other smaller. Um, so the cost of entry into the field has dropped. The need has accelerated. Yeah, um, it's all rushed to, to market share and available market. And so companies are willing to say, hey, we'll hand over this entry point of our product to a vendor that can do this at scale well um, and get a, get our customers in the door. And so you have a lot of smart people building out very um, I cost prohibitive, I think, in that pose. But there's also cost effective ways to get this at scale. So you can really march through your lookalike customers to say, hey, they go from A to B. Now they're going from A to C to E. Let's get them along that path. We can run this at scale algorithmically uh, and also with AI. So, so there's a lot of good stuff going on there where from your, your core ICP, you can concentrate on 
going up market and doing the things that you want to advance your product with while you, you usher your, your first round of customers in the door. So there are a lot of things with that and a lot of more effective ways to do that in the marketplace. Um, LMS a little bit different because you can, uh, you can get them into uh, a third party tool, which, which will be more about the learning, right? So more about, Hey, here are the, here are the boxes you want to check. Um, I'm going to walk you through, this is our table of contents, for example, this is our course curriculum, and here's how I want you to check this off, and then I can monitor that, I can hold accountability to it, I can graduate them out of certain phases, so it seems, you know, there, there's wins there, um, and it's really about structuring something and, and having it, you know, in front of my eyeballs, in front of the customer's eyeballs, and then all, all the tracking mechanisms, so there, the ways that, you know, we build, uh, you know, the adoption work. Uh, under the covers, the Trojan horse, the LMS is more, Hey, this is something that we're agreeing to. Yeah. You're, uh, I think your point too, just the tech stack for customer success is, is um, growing. And I think you're starting to see, like you said, like these, these kind of ancillary tools that sometimes people didn't necessarily think about as related to um, kind of the customer success umbrella. Like these are starting to, to matter, right. To these different functions in the org. Um, and you're starting to see these become much more advanced and um, have the capabilities to also integrate data and other elements. So uh, for instance, we started using an adoption platform recently. We're using Pendo to drive a lot of our onboarding and um, some of the early guys kind of pushing messages through uh, um, kind of our help center built into our admin directly through what they call resource center. So for us, that's been a really key, key aspect is um, I think like you were saying, Trojan horse, getting information into the product, into the environment that they're already in um, and making sure it's kind of really easy um, and flexible for those things to happen. Um, and then LMS too. Like, I think there's, there's starting to be that um, it's kind of a blurred line a little bit, right? Adoption um, probably takes on some LMS components, right? There's some of the training and aspects that you might be using in that adoption path um, and making sure, um, can we create some of these moments where we're um, hyping up kind of both sides, right? So in the LMS, can you talk about kind of the um, in-product elements that you might be doing through a tool like a Pendo or WalkMe. So how can you kind of make sure that customers look out for those moments and then vice versa when, when they're in that, uh, in the platform, they're in the, um, in some of those adoption uh, moments, can you also call out, Hey, this is also in our training X, Y, and Z. So I also think of, of sharing the content back and forth um, because at the end of the day, when you're creating content, you want to try and maximize that like the visibility of that as much as possible. And so any chance you have to kind of cross promote, Hey, this is found in X, Hey, this is found in Y. Uh, another example that we're using in our adoption platform as well is, um, Hey, here's a great moment to go look into our customer community for, um, other types of questions that are being asked around this or other best practices that are being used. So again, trying to find another moment to kind of, um, build those in. So, um, those two definitely, definitely stand out. Um, and make sense to me. I think they're, and they're also becoming, like you said, hy hypercritical, right? I think, um, in some cases these, these might have been thought about, um, down the line as uh, when I get to the right moment, I can kind of buy these tools. And now I think they're starting to become more and more, um, hey, if we don't onboard a customer well, and we don't help them start adopting the platform early, then that's an easy risk, um, easy site for kind of first year churn. And that's not going to be good for us. So um, how do we invest in some of these things now? Because we know that's going to pay off dividends in that um, in those you know first few years as a, first few years as a customer. And two other just uh, last thoughts on, on these two before we move on. Um, adoption and, and this is one thing that I'm, I'm very bullish about in, in a lot of the way, places that I, that I talk and share. Customer success is not just for SaaS anymore. So if you're adopting a product, if you're a new consumer of a vehicle, if you're buying hardware, if you're, you're, you're in the roofing industry, like I deal with all, I get to talk to all these people every day. And so we're all adopting and we're all learning. 
And, and from the learning aspect, there are so many educational professionals out there in the world, like our friend Pam, who comes to a lot of our CS stuff. They have so much to offer. We we forgot about training. We forgot about learning. Like and we do it with our teams all day long, right? But we don't do that with our customer because, oh, wait, product-led growth's got it. They've handled it. Like that's, there's a fallacy there. So there's yep. a gap that I want to make sure we're always addressing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, the other thing that, that comes to mind too there is just, uh, those are moments that you can think about as driving engagement with a customer, right? It's, it's keeping the customer active. It's keeping them engaged. Um, and it's doing it in asynchronous moments where you don't ha necessarily have to be there. Right. That's the other thing to think about is that, um, like you said, there's, you know, there's, there's also the other side of this PLG coin where people are, are trying to kind of, um, you know, put resource and human capital towards these things. When, um, in some cases we get a platform and we get a this at scale, it starts to, to lend itself to um, advantages, you know, on top of that. So next one you had is. And oh, to that ahead. point, as we're going from four here through, through I think uh, 11, if I have the list correct, almost all these go and lend themselves towards asynchronicity. So yep. that's, it's getting more exciting. So yeah. Yeah. Um, so four, you put down here, uh, onboarding CMJ checklists. What does that, what does that mean? What's CMJ? I will go to my customers and I'll say, Hey, in, in the back room of our architecture for your life, this is what we have mapped out. So I will, I will show them, you know, here's, here's our journey. This is what we customers like you, this is what we, we mapped out. And so, you know, we will, we'll look that, look at that together and say, does, does this make sense to you? Cause this is what we're doing in our, you know, in our laboratory back in, in CSville, you know, we're, we're architecting this journey for you. Does this make sense to you? Does this seem like something that's going to be now either with the touch points, with the cadence, with the, with the timeline of it, and then have that built out with the customer, hopefully a little before they go live in a, in a pre-sales uh, cycle, but afterwards say, Hey, this is, this is how we're going to roll out to you. Here's the whole deal. Here's the blueprint. This is what we designed for you. And then getting that. Uh, so it's a partnership. Like long yeah. ago, I realized this is not a vendor customer relationship. This is a partnership. I want to get things done. You want to get things done. You want to grow your organization. And so do I, well, let's do that together. And so it's really uncovering, you know, there's no secret sauce back here. This is how we manufacture the sausage. Let's do it together. Yeah. And I think the, the point too, that um, I think sometimes gets missed and you harped on this uh, a little bit in your answer is just um, helping to relay how, how you've helped other customers be successful and being um, emphatic about that. You know, like sometimes I think we kind of let customers say, oh, I don't usually want to do that, or I want to do it this way. And you've got to come back. And I think, like you said, right, you've got to come back to this idea of, We've been making customers successful for a long time. Here's the way we've been doing that. Here's the process that we've been running through. You know, there might be a moment or two where we can tweak this, but by and large, we want to stick to this as closely as we can. Um, and, you know, we realize that there's going to be different, um, that your goals might be different than other businesses. And there's key moments where we can, you know, talk about those things. And there's, there are going to be differences, but the process and the steps we do and the people we get involved and the meetings we have, those are for a reason because we've, you know, we've done this, we've done it successfully. But I think sometimes, um, it's hard for, uh, I think implementation managers, project managers, CSM, sometimes to push back on customers, you know, it's, it's always a hard thing, right? How do I have a tough conversation with a customer? And that might be one of those moments where you have to go back and you gotta be concrete and say, you know, Hey, we've got maybe one or two points that we can, um, you know, we can adjust around, but we need to be following this because we've done this before we've made customers successful. And I think I heard that in the undertone of what you were talking about too. And, and my undertone is an overtone when I talk to my teams, I, I tell my teams all it for years you have every right to say no and tell them why like you are the authority in their account and sometimes you've got to tell these people this is not the way you want to go you do not want to go down this path 
because this is where it's going to lead. And trust me, because I've done this. Before. It might not make sense to you for the first 30 days, 60 days, but trust yep. me in where we're going. The other thing that customers really respect is, and what they want to know is, hey, we're working with customers in your industry, and this is what they're doing. This is yeah. the common tell that you're not going to get from a research firm. Because I yep. work with companies every day. Like I'm in this position. You're not the only company that's in this vertical buying our software. So let me tell you, let's help you get there to first time value faster because we know the lessons learned. So trusted advisor will tell you, no, here are the reasons why follow me this way. Yeah. Um, if we have time at the end, I want to talk about a quote that I heard recently that you might, that might resonate with um, your point there, but I'll try and bring, I'll try and circle us back around to that at the end. Hey, Gingro Tain. What does it mean to be customer centric? Building and growing relationships, maintaining unique customer needs, and personalizing the customer experience are three things that come to mind for me. HubSpot CRM platform is designed to help build, maintain, and personalize your customer's experience, and they've been releasing new features, such as new payment tools like native payment links and recurring payments that directly embed into HubSpot's quoting tools, custom feedback surveys capturing feedback unique to your business and sharing insights with your team, a CRM-powered CMS, that means both your marketers and developers can personalize that customer experience. Connected to your shared inbox, you can also use secure customer portals, keeping ticket conversations going between customers and reps, uh, offering access to your knowledge base, and that can be customized to fit your brand, no coding required. So learn more about how a HubSpot CRM platform can help build, maintain, and grow your relationships at HubSpot.com. Um, next thing you wrote is just pooled CSM and digital CS touch points. Okay, one thing that drives me absolutely nuts is low touch. Like, it, no words mean stuff, right? They have meaning, they carry value, they mean an impression. So low touch, every customer should experience high touch, no matter how it, what it costs you, how, what you're investing, the customer experience should be high touch. Whether you're you know, repurposing material, you're hitting them digitally, digital first, digitally led, however you want to call it. There's no such thing as a low touch customer because if that's a low touch customer to you, that also means it's a low value customer to you. That then there's a, a bunch of other things we can talk about that. So what you want when you go to it's never going to be a pooled CSM model. It's never going to be a strict. Well, there are some cases it would be a strict digital CS model. It's going to be a hybrid. So you want to find because it's advantageous for you and your company to have resources that are there to help customers, guide customers, catch customers at very specific points in time. And I don't mean by linear time, I mean by where they are in their life cycles and what they're engaging with. And so you'll always have a hybrid of, you know, these are the these are the support and enablement, right? It's so like community, what you guys, they're enablement channels and at yep. scale and they're effective and they're asynchronous and they're, they're pulled with all the resources of that, they're the community. A CS team doesn't know what the best and brightest is doing all in their industry using their software at all times. It's impossible. So you want to cultivate all the, the, all the minds that are out there in your community, all the minds that are out there using software, and then bring that into a digital mode at scale, and then hit them with the, the, the pooled model at specific times in their journey when it makes value. Yeah. Um, I think I have nothing to say, but I do have something to say, but I just meant like, it was good. It was good. Um, <laughs> it was good summarization. I mean, I think the thing that, that stands out for me too is, um, like you said, I think, I think over time, digital CS or uh, low touch, right? It got this negative connotation um, and, it, and I think we've just been using kind of the, the wrong verbiage or nomenclature, right? Really what you're just trying to say is, hey, we're, we're trying to build a digital first experience where we can go engage proactively with these customers based on certain triggers or things that we know about. 
Um, and it's not only just email anymore, like you said, right? We've got all these avenues that we can go through, whether it's a customer community, um, whether it's an LMS, it's a, uh, we've got a, a uh, email program. We have pendo messages that we can push. We have, a, you know, all these different things that we can be doing. Uh, and I think it's just reminding customers of that. Hey, you can be successful using these channels. Here's the right way to be using them. I think that's the message that tends to be lost a lot is here's when you should be going to the community. Here's when you should be going to a support team. Here's when you should be going to this. Uh, and the more that you can reinforce that, I think that's where customers start to get value because oftentimes what you do is you send a bunch of links over and you say, Hey, here's our customer community. Hey, here's our LMS. Hey, here's our uh, support knowledge base. Um, you know, and, and somebody will reach out to you soon. And if you think about that, right, you've just sent them a bunch of links and you haven't really told them how to be using things and why to be using them. And going back to your point, right? Successful customers are engaging in our customer community and they're talking about things like this. Here's two or three examples of, of somebody talking about something and think that you should be, you know, successful customers are going to our knowledge base. And here's some of the key, key elements or areas that they're thinking about and going to, but, um, you can't just throw a bunch of links at people anymore. Uh, I think that's just what the usual was. And you've got to be telling and architecting a story. Um, and, and part of this is, like you said, these digital touch points where you're reinforcing some of these self-service or asynchronous ways that they can be engaging. And so it, it also, it's, it's all in the timing too. So adult learners learn in a myriad of ways. Some are readers, some are doers, some are watchers, some are viewers, so adult, some are tinkerers. So when you when you find the journey and you and you're watching your customers proceed through the path in your application, you can hit them with in-app help as well. So they've clicked over here; they're in this section. Of, so now let's hit them with this this piece of information, whether it's in-app, whether it's you know the pop-up, whether it's a chat bot, whether it's you know hit them hit them now with a with a, a piece of con digital content because they've reached that place in their in their journey. You can think of it kind of, I don't play a lot of video games, but I think that in video games, you, you reach a certain stage and then something else fires off. So you can do all these things within app and you can do these things with onboarding uh, and, and uh, adoption software. So you have those abilities to do that, but you have to think of, Every person that comes in, how do they want to be served? Like they want to, they want to come through drive-through. They want to walk in your store. They want delivery. They want, you know, sit down, fast casual. However, they want to consume. You have to meet them where they live and offer that to them. So it's it's kind of it's intuition intuition of the user as well. Where are they going to go? They're going to look for in help. Are they going to go to your website? They're going to look for a chat bot. Do they want to use the phone? So I think of the different ways that adults want to be served as well. Yeah. And I think too, I think that's this the other um, the other thing to be thinking about too, right? Is that um, uh, you know you can't be going to build all the content you know in the world and, and building it in so many different ways, but you need to be thinking about some of the key or core components of content that you're building and having it in ways that, like you said, we have a knowledge based article, we've got uh, a video from our academy, we have a, a community discussion about it. Uh, whatever it might be, but let's serve up uh, three to four things around our core components. And that way um, a customer can go in, a user can go in and say, okay, this is the way I really want to learn is I want to go in the customer community. I want to see how other people are doing it. Great. We've got that, that covered. So um, the next, next two that you had, are, I think are a little, they're kind of related, at least in my mind um, somewhat. So you said video Academy series, and then kind of webinars and community. Um, and I think we hit on this a little bit, but maybe just talk a little, uh, a, a bit about how you um, kind of think about those being um, helpful along this onboarding at scale, you know, how, how can they asynchronously kind of um, be helping your CS teams be successful? Sure. Well, the beauty about both of them, they can be repackaged in multiple ways. So you yeah. can take your webinar, you can take the transcript, you can take bites, you can chop it up. Um, so that's what I like about both video and webinar is you have multiple ways to repurpose the same content. So you have those, those abilities. 
um, the, the academy series is, is also, you can go stage learning. You go, here's, here's zero one. This is episode zero two, zero three, et cetera, and build that throughout you know, the, the product and then add to it. So you can do those. What I really like about webinars and some of the things I've found to be wildly successful is there's a, there's a point where you can make it exclusive, right? You can make it attendee and invite specific. And then after the event, you can take the same content and repurpose it. What I also like about webinars is bringing in, bringing in individuals that you wouldn't otherwise find on them. Um, and to that point, um, the past two places I've been, I brought in product managers, product leaders. I had our CPO on one of them. And from a user standpoint, especially at scale, for, for, for you as a user to get that individual and that, that title on a webinar, whether it's an ask me anything or, or driving you through the product or talking about whatever, that access is priceless. And people will sign up and they will stand in line um, and you owe that to them. I mean, the, at the end of the day, these are the people that you serve. And so that ability to bring people in to really show, hey, we're, we're doing this for you at scale with people that are, on, are really on the frontline decision making um, for what's going to affect all of us. So that that kind of look and feel and the invite and, you know, the, the marketing around that uh, really gains a lot of traction. Yeah. I mean, you, you hit something that has just been... Um probably something that I've been talking about for the last uh, four to six months, which is just this idea of repackaging, like every, you know, nowadays um, you can develop so much content, but really it's just, how do we develop similar content and just repackage it in different ways? Like we just, we have so much coming out of our ears and companies are, you're kind of making it without even knowing it. Right. But like CSMs right now are probably putting together one-off decks for a customer. Um, you've got an implementation person who's doing it. You've got uh, strategic services. who might be doing something you've got support. Right. And so if you can, if you can start to build mechanisms or ways for people to surface those things up and say, Hey, this was really helpful for one customer. Do you think it would be helpful for more? And then you have somebody who can, be, who can take that and then um, make it into something and turn it into something that could go to more customers, right? You kind of take out the sensitive content if there is any, but like, how do we do that? That to me is just starting to become such a big part, um, especially going back to your digital CS touch points, right? Hey, what do we need more of is we just need um, kind of the right content that we can just kind of nudge a customer along at different key moments. And what is the best way to do that is get some content from your internal teams who are already making it, making your life easier. So um, yeah, I love this whole idea, just like you mentioned around the, um, making sure we're building kind of videos and academy and, and making sure we have that in a series in the right way. We've got webinars and other um, styles of content that people can be coming to and then community. Um, you know, what better way to be cultivating content than from hearing from your own customers, right? Taking some of the stories and things that they're just talking about naturally um, and, and putting that out to more customers. So these two, six and seven resonate so much with me. I, I really like what you said about the storytelling. And one thing I'm thinking about is I'm a horrible first brain learner. Like I, I think I don't go back to when I, you know, was an infant in the stage again. Like I, I, I just want to keep going and I want to, you know, find the, go down the next rabbit hole. And I'm, I'm often not thinking about the person that's the next new person through the gate right? Like, how do I guide them? How do I be, you know, the, the new learner all over again? And so that I often, myself, I lose, I lose focus on. One thing I'm a huge fan of is in our performance management, when our, our ICs are on the phone or they're in the meeting with a customer, is just catching snippets in time. Not having to go, re, you know, go back through the whole call again or the whole meeting, but saying to a customer, hey, I really like that. 
that the past 90 seconds you talked about this. Do you mind if I take a snip of this that and share this with our marketing or share this with our product? Maybe they'll get back to you and we might want to build a use case out of this or something like that so that we can share that with our customer base. So customers like you can learn. It also gives some shine on that person to say, hey, this is a thought leader in your space and in your vertical with our software. So really trying to catch things in the moment um, rather than have to, to go back again and really you know, plugging the customer and having, you know, who tells your story better than their own customer, right? So get doing those things as well. Yeah. Um, perfect. The last couple we got here. So job aids, um, you listed out what, what does that mean to you as you, you start thinking about, um, as, as, uh, helping, you know, scale at customer or, uh, helping scale onboarding. Well, horribly, this shows my age. So job aids were these things that you used to have next to your uh, workstation to help walk you through uh, per certain repetitive tasks. Um, so it's great for the first uh, the first learner, the, 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 the first um, adopters, um, but it's also good for customers uh, that have very prior, uh, proprietary processes. Like they have to go from A to B to C, or they, they have um, something in their environment that says, these are, these are ways that we document, we got to keep standard, et cetera. So it's either uh, digitally led or a tangible um, piece of collateral that, that leads a user through the first couple steps of, of uh, adopting your, your software uh, or your product. Um, the, the one thing that does from a user standpoint or an early adopter standpoint, it, it gives them this very special touchy feeling of, hey, this was created specifically for me. And so this must be very important. I must be very important and I'm gonna use this. So it, and it's a little bit, it takes a little time, um, but it gets you very close to the users uh, and, your, and your community and your customers. Um, it has a lot of good uh, touchy feeling around it. Yeah, yep, um, that, those make sense. And um, those are the types of things too that you can um, hopefully challenge some of your individual contributors to be helping you with, right? And thinking about, hey, what else can be helpful? What do we need to be doing? What do we need to be updating? But that becomes a, a component too of you, as you start thinking about uh, kind of feedback from your teams about how to make these successful. Um, I think about that quite a bit too. Actually, I push my customer champions to do this. I say, hey, you know, you want this, I want you to get the next promotion as much as anybody else. What would be helpful is if you think about your organization and how they consume That's products cool. or how they run change management, why don't you author it We'll put our logo on you with years and we'll run the production costs and we'll run it through our marketing, put some gloss on it. But why don't you be the thought leader? So, you know, it's, it's really help, helping someone else shine as well. I love that. Um, all right. Go live expo or kickoffs. What does that mean? So this is, again, this is giant change management, uh, something in, that you would want to trumpet with a lot of internal marketing. Um, and you want to hit with a, a pre-learning. Uh, actually, I'm doing two of these next week. Um, so I'll be traveling for those, but so what this is, is that you're leading with the, the executives behind you and doing, um, internal marketing. So what I call them is the next two I'm doing actually next week are called customer success expos. And so what you're doing is saying, this is our story. This is our, our go to market internally with what we want to do with, with you as an organization. This is how we're going to win for you. And you have the executives who have, have you know, supported your cause behind you to say, this is what we're doing. And it, it gets everybody bought in, everybody dovetailed together. Um, it gives you everybody the why, the how we got to this moment, the raison d'etre, right? The reason to be and why yep. we exist. And it shows that everyone is bought in. So it's really from a top down where some of the other, like the, the community and stuff is more from a bottom up. This is really, we're leading uh, with the brass in front on, on this one. Um, yeah. so it gives you a lot of good publicity and gives you a lot of uh, resources and a lot of good voices. Yeah. We've been talking about this quite a bit um, recently here at higher logic, you know, thinking about this, 
from a community launch moment, it takes, you know, it's, it's a big moment for people when you start thinking about getting thousands of members, maybe into a community and launching that and so much time and energy. And so how, how can we, like you said, just amplify this moment more and more, um, build that person up for who is, you know, really the champion, um, talk about the organization, turn that making, I also think about these moments. Um, and I think you mentioned this earlier, right? I think about these moments a lot too. Like how do we create content that that person can then go take internally? That makes a lot of people's lives easier when you send them something that says, Hey, we put together two or three slides about the community launch and what we were able to accomplish. We just, we went ahead and co-branded it. Uh, we put all this stuff in here, you know, Hey, this would be great stuff. Our, no, most of our successful customers, they turn this internally to their bosses, to their teams, and they talk about this. So we wanted to help you create those types of moments. So I think about those um, quite a bit as well as kind of, Hey, how do we turn this internal and make this really easy for you to go have a shareable moment with your teams? Cause people remember that, Hey, you made my life easier. I didn't have to go build these two or three slides. Um, and now maybe I actually, maybe have a couple updates. Now, now we're engaging again, right now. I've got a couple of moments to, uh, kind of go back and forth. So, um, I love it. All right. The last one you put here, or at least on mine, you said you had 11. I only have 10 on, on your list. <laughs> right. yeah, the missing, the but... last one is uh, pre-sales use cases. So where you can use either what already is stored in your CRM, uh, from this is a reason to be with this customer. This is what we know about them. I've done my homework. I'm showing the customer. I'm uh, yeah, I'm semantically and educationally fluent to their situation and, and why we're in. And it's also, I think you guys probably do this on the community and it's a little pre-seed, right? You're, you're, yep. you're tilling the earth for these guys. So when, and gals, when they come in, they see that some work's already been done. Some of the heavy lifting has been done up front. You know, we have, we have something that we're already launching with. It maps back to why we won this uh, in the, in the first place. It gets us to first time to value as quickly as possible. Um, and then you can actually take some of these, whether you record it on the screen share um, or you do something live and, and then record it with, with the actual voiceover, you can give tutorials, right? So this is, here's the first stage of, of how we're winning with this community platform. Here's the first stage of how we're winning with this, this product. Um, and it shows, the, you know, again, the buy-in, but also gives people that jump start to say, okay, this is, this is going to be successful for us. Here's why. Here's how from a company high level, we've, we've invested into this. And this is what it means for me where I sit. Um, I, I think one of the things I, I kind of have lost sight in here and I should have mentioned earlier is no matter if it's on your team or your customer's team, no matter where anybody sits in the organization, you want to make sure there's a line from the, from the top uh, of the organization all the way down to somewhere where they sit, no matter how many levels that is. So everyone shares in the same uh, vision, the same, you know, compelling journey. Um, I've done this with my teams when it comes to, you know, comes to our OKRs and KPIs, you know, we can draw them all the way up and down the line. It's the same thing here, you know, so you, you're having the, the same voice. And if you really can unite those with the, with the companies, uh, you know, as a, as you providing the solution and the customer uh, providing the manpower and getting those two united, um, you're going to have a, a great team aspect and a great journey. Yeah. Um, man. All right. Well, we just hit on 10, 10 things to be thinking about as you uh, start scaling your onboarding. And I think um, some of them are thinking about, you know, how do you make your team successful? Some are, um, you know, how can you help uh, customers turn content uh, around for you? Uh, some are technology related. So I think there's uh, a ton of good stuff in here. Uh, excited you, uh, you were able to hop on Jeff and we could, uh, we could talk through this. So if people are, are out there uh, looking for more content or more things of, uh, you know, where do you do your most, most of your talking? Is it Twitter, LinkedIn? Uh, where can people find more of uh, Jeff Heckler? Uh, if they really want that, which is questionable, <laughs> um, it's a uh, LinkedIn. Um, and then I have the, a very verbose, uh, blog post coming up on our website at, at market source. So you can find all of our CS and, uh, all of our IP there. Um, 
And uh, just uh, it's been a pleasure. I'm not gonna, not gonna let you off the hook. You had some sort of quote you wanted to, to circle back to. So I wanna know if we can get this in. Yeah, so the the quote, um, let me, I'm gonna have to go find the quote cause I was just trying to look on LinkedIn. Um, but the the genesis of the quote was, uh, was basically that we're, we're doing too much talking about ourselves and not enough talking about um, our customers and the challenges and problems that they go through. And so as you were talking earlier, just about, um, you know, how can we position these things in a way that's making other customers successful that, um, you know, kind of using the customer voice and using other customer examples, it just popped into my mind. And I was trying to go find it on LinkedIn while we were sitting here talking, I couldn't do it quick enough, but uh, if I can find it, I will. But the genesis is basically, um, essentially, we'd be better served if, um, not only just an implementation or onboarding, but throughout the customer journey, if we just did less talking about ourselves and more talking about the ICP, the challenges that people are going through, the, the stuff that people are solving for. And if we did more talking about those things, then our solution kind of fits into those probably more naturally um, instead of kind of forcing our way in. So there, it just resonated with me as you were talking about kind of um, finding the right ways to develop content and thinking about um, how you can go, um, how you can go kind of surface this information. And, and really, I think it's just more around using customers to tell stories about other customers. Like, how can you do that better? Um, it just resonated with me. So I'll try and find it if I can. Well, I mean, that's the beauty of what you guys do, right? You get people in the community that are doing, yeah. trying to solve the same problems at scale together. And, you know, there's, there's that thing that if I know that there are other people like me out in the world, that level of comfort and my success and my motivation uh, are amplified and, and exponentially grow because I know that we're all, you know, out there doing it together. And that's, I mean, Hey, that's where gain, grow, retain started. Right. So we're all out yeah. in the COVID world wondering what the heck is going on. And all of a sudden we got 6,500 people together. So. Yeah. Yeah. That is, um, that's pretty much the Genesis. So, uh, it started, it started with a very simple idea like that. Uh, awesome. Well, Jeff, I appreciate you doing this. Uh, I think we're going to, I'm already going to throw it out there in the um, universe so that we can make sure and record this maybe before the end of the year. Um, but I'd love to, to talk through, I know you've got some awesome views. It's again, another, uh, another thread in the gain grow community, just around um, customer marketing and marketing and customer success and how, how those th three things are coming together. So um, it'd be fun to, to get on and talk through uh, some of your thoughts there. So we'll, we'll make that happen before the end of the year. Um, and uh, we'll make sure to do it and uh, get this one out. So I appreciate the time, Jeff. Likewise, I really appreciate it. And hello, everybody in the community. And it's great to be here and we'll do it again very soon. Awesome. Hey guys, thanks so much for taking the time to listen to the Gain, Grow, Retain podcast. If you liked what you heard, please take a moment and share the podcast with your friends and colleagues and subscribe. We really appreciate it. Talk to you soon.